and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Sam. And I'm Star. And this is episode 9, brought to you by Swizzle Spice. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I know we were, we were just talking about this a bit before we started recording, um, but we have some news yes. that I think we should talk about regarding things that were said on Shannon's Next Instagram. 2020. So yeah, I'm looking at the post right now and there's there's a um they're releasing a collector set of books one through three and something very exciting about this is that Dex is on the cover! Oh Dex! Dex has been eighty-four years Cinnamon Roll It's like the only good thing to come out of twenty twenty. Literally. I will maintain that this does not mean the revolution is over. We're going to keep doing this until he gets oh, on the cover. Oh, it's never over. But it's something, <laughs> and we're so starved for anything. It's a minor miracle in the middle of a hellscape. Exactly. We will take literally any Dex content that could possibly exist. <laughs> it's been... How many years has it been? It's been like eight eight years? It's been, God, it's been however know. many years the, the book series has been around. Yeah, so then eight years. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and since then, we've gotten, like, three, aside from, like, the the box art thing, like, uh, we've gotten, like, three pieces of art that have decks in them. There was, like, the one with, like, all the portraits of, like, the, of, like, all, the, you know, how everyone got their own individual little picture. And then there was the one with all of them, uh, standing together at, um, at Havenfield, and then there was that one random piece of art from uh, a few months back, right? <laughs> with the ra- with the rainbow Iggy, with Iggy saying uh, "gay rights," where it was like, "I'm sorry, he's not on the cover. Take this." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I I I love Dex. Oh, speaking of uh. We we actually have some keeper news that came in literally a minute ago. Uh, the the Iggy color just came out. We got the mermaid. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, that, that yet. Yeah, that came out literally a minute oh, ago. Oh, he's mermaid. Yeah, mermaid color. color. That's the one I voted for. I like that one a lot. Oh, that's cool. the The colors though this year were really strange. I thought <laughs> for like the Iggy. Yeah. Like having having the fans choose what color Iggy's going to be, because usually it's something normal, like red versus blue, or ice blue versus teal, which was very controversial. But no, this time it's unicorn versus mermaid. I have no concept of what a unicorn color is. I mean, it it's probably just, like, the colors that are often associated with said creatures. I mean, I guess, but which is kind of odd, because I'd usually think of a unicorn as, like, white and silver, maybe, but... What was on the post looks more like a yellowish, pinkish, orange Yeah, thing. yellow and pink. I'm not exactly sure where the yellow and the orange came from, but I know, like, pink is often... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, pink unicorns. You know, you know where the yellow and pink probably came from? Old My Little Pony. Like, not the series, the really, really old one. Yeah. We mentioned pink unicorns, so that's just what has to happen. Um... But yeah, regardless, I like the colors, though. They look nice. Yeah, no, they're pretty. They are pleasing to my eyeballs. I'm kind of interested to see how she'll work in, like, turning Iggy a mermaid color. So that means they're probably gonna have to <laughs> see a mermaid at some point during 
book eight. Yeah, I'm really right? curious about the mermaids in their worlds because we only know like one thing. The mermaid migration. Like, we know like we, yeah, mermaid migrations. We were talking about this in the Keeper Discord the other day. They're probably like animals and. Honestly, I just like to see any and all takes on mermaids because they're one of my favorite things, so... I mean, my one thing about mermaids is I am so very, very, very deeply attached to the idea of mermaids as, you know, sentient people with thoughts and emotions and the ability to communicate that when you go, oh, they're just animals, it's like, but, but, but all the mermaid AUs! All the mermaid I used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. True. Um, although my favorite take on, on mermaids ever is uh it's it's like they are animals, but they're like they're they're they they are like that, like they're people and like have sentient thoughts, but they're also kind of and they're also pretty animalistic at the same time. It's from my favorite show. I recommend Siren to literally everyone wa- to everyone listening if this part get, does not get edited out. Duly noted. Um, okay, okay. But, I know we have a book to talk about, but, 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 okay. What are the Fae? Like, what are Keeper Fae? Okay? Like, Selkies, Wild Hunts, Seelie and Unseelie Courts, all of this incredibly human mythology around Fae. I want an explanation. Is that just a thing we made up? Is that the elves? Literal, like, all of this mythology, Keeper, where is it? Where are the implications? I want to know what the fairies are. <laughs> yeah, wait, that's a really good question, actually. Like, were the fairy legends based off of elves or some other species? And if so, like, if that's what the legends were based off of, like, what were elves like back then? Like, was it... Uh, but I mean, like, like, no, you're totally right. Uh, the, the the stuff like the, the the old myth about like if you treat like if you treat a fairy right and, and, and that like uh, or like the the shoemakers the shoemakers uh little fairies that came in right yeah, right all of yeah. that and we know that elves have this weird superiority to humans I mean maybe it's not weird because you know it's like oh they know better than us or whatever but we know that elves consider themselves superior to humans that's pretty well established in these early books that sense of Oh, we'll do this for you out of our own magnanimity? Like, out of our own kindness, but the minute you pay us for doing it, oh, now it's a transaction and we're not going to do it anymore. That seems like a very elf thing to think. Yeah, it does. Yeah, actually. I I could definitely see that being, like, a thing back when elves had more contact with humans and, like, were able to do that. Let's see, what other keeper news was there like the uh the the deleted line stuff that was that was fun yeah i think is there do you know if there's going to be any more or is that all that there was going to be uh i'm pretty sure that there are indeed going to be more i wonder if she's going to keep doing them all throughout the quarantine yeah that would be great i like that dex won the very first one (laughs) it's what he deserves it he it really is what he deserves i was super hyped when uh when tam also won I am very biased. I love Tam. Look, look, sometimes sometimes you just have favorites. Sometimes you are biased, okay? Yeet! <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the song squad. <laughs> We're back again. Yes! 
Although personally, I was also very happy when Bianca won. Oh my god! It was because it was so, it was so close for a very long time. My girl. Okay, so yeah, we have a book to talk about. Yes, we do. Right, that's also a thing. Uh, I remember Star saying something about war crimes. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it, but yes, we will. <laughs> um. So yeah, this this week we read Exile chapters 20 through 29. I have a lot to say about this, actually. Um, but I guess we can just start from the beginning. So yeah, so this, this section starts when um, Sophie, or Sylvanie sort of transmits to Sophie that uh, these cloaked figures are trying to kidnap her, and I believe that was the Never Seen, right? Because they... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they this, thought this it, time was it wasn't the, the hexes, it wasn't the hexes, but it was not. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then we get to the part of this that I have a lot more to talk about, which is they finally actually went to exile, which is a very creepy place. God, yeah, I I remember that. Uh, I remember that uh, when I was uh, when I when I first read it. Um, I remember it, it, like, it, I got so, immer- so I get really immersed into books, and I got, liter- I got literally so creeped out the whole time. I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, the idea, there, there was a line where, like, where Sophie was, like, very aware that she was under, like, thousands of pounds of rock, and the only way she could get out was through the Maxidian, and, like, that's very creepy to, to think about and to imagine. Yeah, and, like, the way that she entered. Mm-hmm. Trust the trap. Yeah, trust the trap. I physically feel, at, like, literally every second of that, like, the entrance to exile. I physically feel it when I read it. And the reason Sophie is going to exile with Alden is to break Fenton's mind, which in itself is, like, a very heavy, like, a very heavy quest to be going on. Yeah. Uh, is pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah. And a very traumatic event. Okay. So so the, the the night I read this, I was I like I was I was just thinking about what it what it meant to be broken and I went, wait, isn't this torture? Yeah. Isn't this torture? Because, I mean like, yes. okay, here's here's the thing. From what I know, Geneva Convention. Like all some of most the elves of them, have no Geneva any, conventions. They really don't. They really, really don't. Like I mean, and 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 never seen is gonna is gonna deal with this in some ways because that's just straight up biological warfare. But like that's literally what it is. But uh, from what I know, a lot of the rules in the Geneva Convention exist exist as rules because the idea is if you're going to kill someone, if you're going to fight against someone. You have to kill them in such a way that it's not slow and it's not painful. But being broken is essentially being dead in the elf. So you have to, and, and, and the process is one, clearly painful, and two, causes more harm to everyone else. Because there's a moment where it's like, let's hope he doesn't remember he's alive. And, and, and on the one hand, it feels wrong to say that people who don't know they're alive they can just be dead from a human perspective. To the elves, I do think broken is essentially dead. And so I think you can you can apply like 
So the Geneva Conventions are meant to prevent you from killing people in slow and painful ways. Uh, since being broken is essentially being dead, I think you can still say, yeah, by human laws, that would be a war crime, since being broken is essentially being dead for the elves. Um, by human standards, I don't think that applies. I think we have different rules. But yeah, just breaking people is really, really questionable. It's a super questionable practice. Very much so. I don't know. I don't like it at all. I feel like I did not realize how dark it was. I don't think we're supposed to like it. Like, I, I just, I don't think I realized how brutal it was. Like, how much of a, oh, of, a, of, a of not a crime, because it's not illegal, but like, how much it violates every right a person has. How extremely immoral it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word. But yeah, so don't break people, I'll be a better parent. I just think that the process of breaking someone is essentially, <laughs> forgive my bird, he's very loud. <sighs> Tell your bird we love him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, Paku. Paku, they love you. <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway so back to death uh <laughs> but yeah so breaking someone is essentially it's it's killing someone but slowly painfully in such a way that they can never be brought back and in such a way that their family isn't even allowed connection with them anymore because prentice is in exile wiley doesn't get a father he doesn't even get to visit his father and take care of him and develop any sort of connection after he's broken it's 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 really really brutal is what it is and it's like like i i think we've reached the point where it's like oh elves aren't a perfect society but like i just this i, I forgot how brutal it was to be broke and rereading this it was like oh boy also alden what did you think you were doing taking a child down here right jesus christ i was waiting to be able to say that like, I know that Sophie is strong as hell, but Jesus! Don't bring the child! She's like 12, 13! She's 14! You did not- there's no way you got this Jesus, signed off by like, the council! Like, I know she's a, she's a really, really strong-ass telepath, but literally, how does it make any sort of sense to bring a child to a mind break in the first place- but also to have them be like, because she was the guide, correct? Like, to have the child, the 13-year-old, be your guide. Why would you put that kind, like, why would you put that kind of pressure on a 13-year-old, first of all? And second of all, why would you put that kind of trust that a 13, that even though the 13-year-old is very talented and powerful, still doesn't have that proper training? Why would you put your trust in to that. Right, exactly. Like, I know the justification for it was like, like Alden said, oh, if you can't, if you can't do this, Sophie, then nobody can. I, that, there are other people who can. There are other guides, like, with Prentice, there was like, like, right, exactly. someone had to be the guide with Prentice, just get that guy. Exactly, like, I, I kind of get it with Fenton because he was an ancient, but like, at the same time, I don't, I had something to say and then I don't remember it anymore, but, uh... <laughs> Constant mood. But, like, yeah, why would you send a child down there, especially one who's only been in the elven world for, like, 
a year, like, no matter how naturally talented Sophie is, there's no way she can have the same amount of skill as someone who's been training for, like, a thousand years, like Emery or Tyrgen or somebody. Why would you traumatize a child like that? Especially an already traumatized child. Why would you- Exactly, you're re-traumatizing the child. That's re-traumatizing because that guy was literally one of the kidnappers. Or something like that. He was, he's, he's involved. He was involved. He's in that group. But, like, like, he's very likely, like, just, ugh. It's, re, it's, it's re-traumatizing. It's extra traumatizing. And also, if you absolutely had to do this, one, why did Sophie not know for so long? Why, like, why did you get her all the way to exile, and then once she was under the quicksand, be like, so, hey, uh, time to see- We're gonna break a mind. Yeah, like, you didn't even let her choose, and second of all, if, if you were, if it had to be Sophie, if everyone agreed it had to be Sophie, why is Alden the only one there? Why can't Tyrion come up, like, Tyrion knows where they are, why couldn't he just- Use his, take them along with his own Magsidian crystal, and and just be there, just just so. That is an excellent not... point. Some moral support. Yeah, yeah. Or why couldn't they have multiple guides? Yeah, multiple guides would probably be even better, especially if at least one of them is a diggity darn adult. Yeah, elves never make sense. Oh boy, elves make some decisions. Some decisions. Yeah, I was actually really confused by Alden in this area just because, like, the whole time he seemed to just be, like, really, like, fakely reluctant. Like, he was like, oh, I don't want to do this because you're just a child, Sophie, you know, tell me if, like, you want to leave, but then at the same time, you're right, like, he doesn't tell her that they're going to break a mind until they're already there. Like, doesn't actually really present it as much of a choice. It doesn't really give her time to prep, either. And also, saying to Sophie... It's almost like the black swan made you for this task. Is. It's real sketch. It's really sketch. I think when I first read this, uh, when I first read this, I actually thought that uh, when, he, when he said that, I actually started theorizing, is Alden already part of the black swan? Is he, was he, is he just like, try, was, like, was he just trying to keep everything like, like, keep from being suspe- suspected? Was he part of it already? I, I, yeah. But, and you know, of course that wasn't true. But I thought it for a little while. It's like, and how would you know that? I mean, we've already kind of been over to, uh, over the whole, like, hmm, Alden's maybe not a great adult thing. Like, we've, we, I feel like we've hashed that out. Maybe not on this podcast yet but like in discussions about late um later books like we we go we we've we've ha- we've talked about that but it's like i i didn't remember it here but it's here he's just not the best adult that title goes to gradient Adeline, best adults elwin is 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 either tied for that or a very close second i will say yes <laughs> Also, by the way, on the war crimes things, let's just be very clear. Before Sophie existed, you couldn't get people back from broken. They were permanently broken, and it's just like... They don't even know that she can heal minds yet. And also, it's a bad way of getting information. It's a 
bad way of getting information. Because, like... It's like they didn't manage to get anything from Fintan, right? So, like... And now he's... If that was the whole point... Yeah, you have, you're taking a chance when you do that. You have to, like, get glimpses from, like, the shards as their minds are shattering. Like, you have to, like, get, just yeah, get little glimpses. Yeah, that's not good and not efficient. As it's shattering. And it happens very quickly, too. And there's so many ways it can go wrong. And as Prentice clearly shows, the elves are not always right about who deserves... To, not even who deserves. It's based on who can give you the most information. And I don't even think they've got much of anything from Prentice. So if you don't get anything, it's like, okay, so you've done this terrible thing. You can never undo it. You've lost any chance at getting any of that information from them. Heck, now the information is basically gone. Because whatever's left of their mind isn't going to be able to probably process it. It's... Just yeah, and if you go and if you go in, then you're probably then you're gonna get dragged down. Even if they have they still retained the information, if you go in, you're getting dragged down with them. Uh, you know, pre-Sophie era. Yeah, it just seems really contradictory and terrible. Where they're like, well, if they won't confess, then if we get like a tiny bit of information and then destroy their minds forever, that's better. It's almost like vindictive like oh you were gonna hide from us well fine have fun especially for uh especially for uh like a species that's like that just doesn't deal well with violence like that is a kind of violent like not like 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 it is and it isn't super violent at the same time do you do y'all do y'all know what am i doing yeah, yeah, yeah no that makes perfect sense it's not physical violence yeah they can't handle like stuff like that very well and like violence loopholes violence loopholes okay no but this ties into something else about the elves that's bugging me um about about guilt and about like because we know we know guilt makes people break like that that that's that's the causation that's established yeah if too much guilt breaks them. But the issue is, the issue is, and we see this, when Alden breaks and Sophie's like, oh god, this is my fault, Elwyn's first response is, don't think about it. And look, I am not here to say- Yeah, don't mm-hmm. think about it. And I am not here to say- It's just aggressive denial. Yeah, and like, I'm not here to say that, you know, Sophie should believe it's her fault, but that sort of- Anything you've done wrong, don't ever think about it, don't ever think about it, don't ever think about it. That is the kind of avoidance that, you know, really, really messes with people's ability to cope and, and to deal with things. How does Sophie process her grief about Alden if she's not allowed to think about it or her mind will shatter? Like, how do you even do that? I think he meant, like, specifically, I think he meant specifically, like, like, don't think about how, like, I, I don't think it was, like, a don't think about Alden being broken in general thing, but, like, don't think about it being your fault that's going to break I mean, you. yes, no, you're 100% right on that. My point is, the fact that, you know, you think it's your fault is part of how Sophie feels about this. And if she's not ever allowed to think about how she blames herself for it, she's not ever going to be able to process that part of, I blame myself for this. I know that's wrong. Like, I know it's not my fault, but that's how I feel. And she's never going to be able to work through that. And I think, 
I, I think what this kind of, maybe not necessarily indicates, but what this kind of ties into maybe about the elves is this constant sense of cognitive dissonance. Like if you just deny the thing you're doing is wrong, it stops being wrong. Right. Or it's like, I don't know, I feel like that's a byproduct of being immortal. Like, if you see a problem, if you just, like, look away for long enough, it'll just go away. It ju- Yeah, it does. Dis- yeah, it just goes away. You're just like, well, I have literally forever ahead of me. I'm just gonna not do that. Yeah, uh, that makes, that's actually a really, I didn't think about that. Yeah, no, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because eventually problems do resolve, but, like... How much damage do they do in the process? Exactly. I mean, like, honestly, that kind of thing... I don't... It makes you wonder how much damage is in the... Is it is 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 just in, in the council's past, in those caches. Caches? Yeah, like... How many horrible things have they just ignored... And and just like straight up forgotten until you know the things stop being a problem anymore. Yeah, I want to see the caches. I hope we get to see more of the book. I know we're gonna see one from from Orly, uh, in Unlocked, but no, and it, it's it's gonna be in in Unlocked. Remember, Unlocked. <laughs> yeah. In the year two thousand twenty one, alas. Oh wait, it is an eight point five. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, keep thinking Unlocked is, like, gonna be something completely different, but I, it's it's going to kind of act as a book nine. It's just gonna be, like, shorter, right? Anyway, um, I kind of want to talk... I kind of wanted to talk about Fintan. Yes. He, he He's important, so... Yeah, just a little bit, you know? <laughs> but, uh, this is the first time we actually meet Fintan face to face and I was kind of struck by like how interesting he was in this book um which is like because like later on in the books I feel like his level of villainy and his relevance to the story just kind of progressively decreases as he's replaced by Vespera so I'd gotten used to thinking of him as kind of like yeah Vespera and Gisela replaced him yeah so I've kind of gotten used to thinking of him as like kind of a pathetic person i mean isn't he in yeah isn't he in like in like an ice prison right yeah now? he is and like he's training Morella. is it is it an ice prison yeah it was an ice prison it was like so cold uh oh okay like no i was to i was be getting able to confused. make any any fire yeah it's 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 yeah okay no you're right i, I got confused because i was like solid metal and i'm like isn't it what but yeah no you're right yeah, and he's like training Morella. That was kind of all I had about Fenton. Not gonna lie. I <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to see we'll 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 see more of him eventually, and there'll be more to talk about. I I have something about Fenton. Speak. <laughs> I mean, like you're you're very right. Like there's something very scary about about the way he acts here. But okay, I have something to say about Fenton. I understand that the point of the pyrokinetic solution, I guess, was wrong. Like, that it's not supposed to be a good thing. I'm just... I just, I feel like, like, I understand why, why they went there. 
Like, I, I, I understand what's happening here. And I'm not going to say that there aren't parallels with this. And yeah, no, it was a bad solution, but I'm looking at, like, treated like the talentless, with no way to satisfy my craving for flame. It's a daily struggle not to let my sanity slip away. And I'm just sitting here thinking, so you denied them the thing that they would, that they maybe actually need to, like, live and stay healthy? Like, like that's the thing. How connected are pyrokinetics to their talent? Are, like, okay, 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 hi, 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 I'm gonna make sure for a bunch of other things. Are elementals always like this? Like, are elementals always just like that, where they've got this immense, intense connection to whatever element they're working off of because we know that lynn causes damage when and it's because she's too powerful yeah and like the the way that the water is always like calling at lynn is just like super intense so like and it's and she was always struggling she was always struggling to like not give in to it so it's very possible yes that is a good point like, it's just, it's just strange, because it's, it's, it's not something we ever see with any other talent. Like, Sophie's not, if I can't, like, even in the beginning, Sophie's like, hi, I would like everybody to shut up for a second. I would like to stop reading thoughts. And even- Right, it's not like she's, like, attracted to reading minds. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Fix is, you know, also just totally, like, Oh, I can read minds, but you know, it's not a necessary thing for him. He thinks it's odd when he can't read Sophie's mind, but you know, it's not like a, oh, geez, this is so strange. And Keith can only read emotions through physical contact, so it's not, it's not a sort of, oh, I can't read the emotions. Something is horribly, something is weird here. But then we see pyrokinetics and hydrokinetics, and they're just like, hi, I like, I am so connected to this thing that to be taken from it feels like my very life is being taken from it. Or, you know, it won't stop calling to me. I wonder if it's like that for Frosters. Or Gusters. I was actually just thinking about that. Because, like, thinking about Julene. Um, like, I mean, the whole idea of Rhymeshire is that it's like a winter wonderland where there's snow everywhere. And, I don't know, like, going off of what Star was saying, that could be, like, that could be, like, necessary, actually, for Julian. I wonder if we'll ever get to hear more about that. I know there's a moment, um, in one of the future books where, uh, someone's like, oh, we, uh, I think it's Tam, either Tam or it's Lynn, and they're like, we live right by the ocean, it wasn't a great place for a hydrokinetic, which, 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 Makes me wonder, although, hi, time for me to insert another one of my theories. Maybe, maybe that's how it works for Lynn. So, Lynn is overwhelmed by the water being so close because, because, twins are secretly more powerful. That's how twins' powers work. They tend to be more powerful and potentially less controllable than the average person's ability. Oh yeah, because like, if because like if if that's the case because like then like it would be more well known that hydrokinetics uh could if like if uh if all hydrokinetics were uh were just this power were just like this amount of powerful all the time uh it would be like a more well known thing rather than just like 
holy shit, this one hydrokinetic. Um, but yeah, maybe the powerful twin thing, like, has some, has some truth to it. Because, like, she was so bad that she got banished, so. Like, I have no evidence for this at all. It's just my personal theory. And so if you go with, like, um, elementals tend to have weird connections to their elements. And so most elementals need to be close to their element in some form. But because Lynn's a twin, she's more powerful. And so that connection is overwhelming. Like, that's the logic I'm going by. But once again, there's no it's proof for twins. logic, and I like it. Thanks. There's no proof, but we like to think about it. Next, we go to Prentice. So we break Fenton, and then we go to Prentice. Yeah, so after the whole Fenton mind break thing... Sophie goes into Prentice's mind like the Gryffindor she is. Uh, okay, I actually have a lot to say about the Prentice thing. Uh, now, this all might be a bit of a reach because it's going into, like, theory territory. But uh, something that I, I noticed, it wasn't this reading, it was a couple years ago, I want to say, but... A lot of the hallucinations that Sophie saw in Prentice's mind, or not hallucinations, but, like, just weird images, they seem like foreshadowing. Swirling castles from Edernalia, silver-tipped spires from Atlantis, Pyramid of Foxfire. Yeah, okay, so, um, the, the first one I saw was trees rain from great green clouds. This, again, might be a stretch, but that feels a bit like the, uh, the biological warfare never seen the panic something like that and then uh quote beasts sprang from a ground lit with stars that feels like flashback and the trolls all being born uh next was glowing eyes peeled through bushes i'm not totally sure what that means as like a sentence but it i thought it might reference the never seen eye i have peeked glowing eyes peeked through bushes yeah, and then the the last the last one was what caught my attention actually, and it's quote two golden figures standing in a round pool, holding hands as colored streaks of water showered them from every direction. Two people, water. It's that 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 statue thing in Atlantis. Yeah, it, it feels a lot like Nightfall, the song twins. So I don't know if that's a thing. If it's not a thing, I think it's cool, and if it is a thing, then I also think it's. Good foreshadowing. Nice. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Do we do we know what jo- Jolie's talent is? I think we do, I'm just forgetting. Yeah, she was a conjurer. Right, okay. Like, Edley. This is, I think, the first time we meet her in any form. In, in, terms, of, in terms of plot, I'm not sure, like, what to necessarily say. But just in terms of, like, Sophie's place, in her family, it's really bad and 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 kind of soft, and it's it's just like like all these references to how similar she looks to her mother and how how alike they are, and it's it it seems it it feels accurate. And I mean, not that I would know, but there's, there's like, there's, there's a weird sort of grief here for Sophie who never met Jolie, but who 
Jolie has affected her life in so many ways, even though they've never met. And so there's a weird sense of, like, sadness. Yeah. I wonder, like, how well he knew Jolie. I wonder what what they what like what what they were like. I think that they were probably friends or something. Yeah, probably. I mean, when you both work for the same rebel organization, I think you know each other pretty well. I mean, you know what would casually probably be pretty darn depressing if Prentice was like if Prentice trusted Joe Lee to take care of Wiley. If 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 that was Part of the support system he was trying to build for his son in case something happened to him and then something happened to her and he was like oh no and yeah I just I just think and then consider the concept of Wiley as a very young child meeting Jolie not, not that he had specifically yeah I was just thinking about that actually cause oh cause um if Jolie died 20 years ago, then that would mean she died around the same time Wiley was born. And I don't know, just, like, imagine how that would feel for Prentice, especially if he was really close with Jolie. Yeah, and, and Wiley was, like, somewhere around, like, I think it's I think it, it was said that he was somewhere around, like, six, eight years old when Prentice, uh, when Prentice got, had the mind break thing. Hmm. You, 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 you know what that does? You know what that does? It just makes the mind break thing even worse. Yep. Because you knew Back he had a young crimes. child. And, and as far as I'm aware, like, I mean, you knew he had a young child. As far as I'm aware, those are pretty rare, right? Like, children, children aren't born often. And so you knew he had a young child. You knew adoption was just not ever really a thing that even happens. And you were like, yeah, no, it's cool. We'll take his dad. That's, there's no way that's going to go badly at all. Yeah, I mean, Syra was still alive, so, like, he, he probably didn't think he'd have to worry about adoption since Syra was still alive. Oh, Syra was- Syra died after Prentice's mind was broken. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Right, I forgot. Prentice didn't even know she was dead. Right. And then- and then she was gone and Wiley was hacked. Oh. I mean, no, that's not- sorry. That was a terrible choice of words. And then she was gone and Wiley did not have someone to take care of. That is a better way to put it. I can't remember if um if I said this already in another episode, but like uh so first of all, I really like that Tiergen was the one to adopt him, but like it's just something that files into like this just my my little belief that there is no heterosexual explanation for Tiergen and Prentice. I can't remember if I said this already, and if I did, feel free to edit it out, but um like Wiley has other family, like, you know, Maruka is his cousin, and they're very close, so, like, I have no doubt that, his, that you know, Maruka's parents would have taken Wiley in, but Tiergen was just like, no, my son now, and it, it, it just, it just vibes a certain way. <laughs> you know, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting how much we know about where, about how Wiley um, how Tyrion essentially adopted Wiley after after Syra, but I mean that kind of implies, or at least I think it implies that Prentice and Syra were. I'd like to think 
both in agreement about in some way like if anything ever happens I mean, like, I wouldn't know, if any, but, like, both in agreement about if anything ever happens to both of us, Wiley should go with Tyrion, and Tyrion should take care of him. And basically what I'm trying to say is Syrah, Prentice, and Tyrion either were in love or had a mutual understanding. That is all. Yeah, that, that's also very valid. I, I just like to pick the former option just because I'm like that. I mean, not necessarily that Prentice and Tyrion weren't in love, because I believe oh, yeah. that wholeheartedly, but either all three of them were in love, or you had a sort of V, where both of them were in love with Prentice, and then Syrah and Tyrion were like, so if anything ever happens to him, we will take care but of I the people he left I would a polyamorous behind. relationship in this series, though, like, can we have just one as a treat? Like, it's- n- we're not gonna get it, but- God, would it be cool. I know, but can we have one as a treat? Honestly, Soki fits rights, okay? It would solve the love triangle nicely. Two hands. She's in love with two beautiful boys. Those two beautiful boys are in love with her. She has two Sophie hands. has two hands. It's their like, hands. There's really no issue here. Keith and Fitz have been friends for ages. Just talk to them it would i mean like open relationships take a lot of work and polyamorous relationships take a lot of communication but you could do it literally love triangles just lost all of their appeal for me once i learned that polyamory existed they just literally do not hold any appeal anymore i'm just like date them both (laughs) who said you have to choose to be quite frank with you, love triangles for me only gained appeal once I discovered polyamory was a thing. Because then I, because at first it was like, I don't care. At first it was like, I don't care what choice you make. But now it's Correction, like, the drama of love triangles lost Fair their point. appeal for me. Fair point. The drama that comes with it where everyone's jealous and mad. I'm looking at you, shadow hunters. The major plot points that happen after Prentice are uh, that Alden's mind, Alden remembers Prentice and his mind kind of does the breaking thing. So Sophie has to bring him back and that's when we learn she can kind of heal minds temporarily, at least for now. And oh, Sophie fades, but it's like she gets better, so she's okay. (laughs) I think one of the coolest things about this book is the through line of something is wrong with Sophie. Like, I'm just a big fan of how that's, of, of that trope as a whole, and, yeah. And, and, and it's done, it's done really well, because you have her dealing with, this is a thing I'm supposed to be able to do, paired with, something is wrong with me, I don't think I could do it, and just that whole, it's a good art, that's all, just a good art. And I think, like, even this book being so heavily focused on Sophie being quote-unquote broken like or like her abilities being broken it prevents her from being too OP like in later books because you can always bring you have the knowledge that you can always bring the stuff in exile back you can be like oh well this could happen again all right do we gotta is that it are we yeah I think that's it uh, giving our yeah are we giving our social medias and wrapping up uh yep so if you want to send a message to this podcast in general, uh, there's KeeperCast on Tumblr and the KeeperCast on Instagram. Uh, for me, uh, personally, I am Malamelting on Tumblr and Instagram. Um, 
And on Instagram, I am electric spins with a Z at the end, not an S. And on Tumblr, uh, I am ADHD, anxiety, and lesbianism with the little hyphen dash thing. I have neither uh, an Instagram or a Tumblr, but if you ever want to read some fanfiction, you can find me on AO3 at Stardreamer2. Uh, no caps, no space. And two is spelled. I think I'll, I'll plug my AO3 too, because I didn't think of that. Uh, if you, if you want to read, uh, so far I only have camfix up there, but um, my AO3 is also the same as my Instagram, electric spins, with a Z at the end instead of an S. And I guess if we're plugging AO3s, I'm squimmy on AO3, it's S-Q-M-M-I-E. I have some Coddock stuff on there, but it's all pretty old, so shrugs. I've only got Boku no Hero Academia stuff on, on mine, so. <laughs> this has been KeeperCast. See you next week. Bye!